there. Welcome to Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. And I'm Scott Eisenberg. And today, we have a special guest joining us, a man who I used to talk to about movies in college, who I would have on more frequently, but he's across an ocean. <laughs> he is the, one of the three hosts of Three Black Halflings, an amazing D&D podcast that you should all listen to. I give you Jeremy Cobb. Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, so man, this is so exciting to be here. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's, dude, it's been so long. It is lit- it's been so long since I've seen your face in any context other than a photograph. Yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. <laughs> we would have had you at the wedding, again, if you weren't across <laughs> the fucking ocean. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own fault. It's my own fault. I brought this on myself. Oh, you missed a banger of a party. <laughs> Oh, oh dude, I wish I could have been there. So today I introduced Frankie and technically Jeremy, because Jeremy hadn't seen this movie either, to the movie mm-hmm. 42, starring Chadwick Boseman. <sighs> yeah. This uh, was an emotional watch. Yeah, it definitely was. Chadwick, mm. I, I don't know what I could say that no one else has said about Chadwick. The man was an excellent actor. He seemed mm-hmm. like a genuinely great human being all around. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that I honestly, I had originally never seen this movie because just looking at it when it was released, I'm not usually a big biopic guy because they, they tend to be kind of like, eh. but I don't know what it was, whether it was the just the movie itself or the everything surrounding it with him having uh, died so recently. But I ended up enjoying it so much more than I thought I would. Uh, We were actually talking about watching it because he's 36, 37 while he films this movie. No fucking way. Um, You are not in your 30s, sir. (laughs) You are not almost 40. No, 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 no. (laughs) Yeah, black don't crack, man. Like, I I was watching... (laughs) I was watching uh, The Five Bloods, and I'm like... Because he, he's playing a young dude in that as well. Right. And he looks, he does not look even, like, maybe 30. But, like, he could pass for younger, for sure. We were saying mm. there's something, and not even just the age-wise, but he carries himself so reverently. I can see why they chose him for T'Challa. Even in this, like, it's just the way he carries himself he can do like a little motion and it's so well done. Yeah, I mm. think his his charm and his presence kind of elevated this movie to a place where it maybe didn't deserve to really be. <laughs> <laughs> because I think biopics, I'm in the same vein as you as far as biopics generally. Mm. But this this brand of biopic is super schmaltzy, over the top, at points with its like inspirational yeah. lines, you know, overly I mean? sweet. Yes, which yeah. normally I'd be like, Bleh. but yeah. I also I I really love Harrison Ford in this movie. Yes, oh my <laughs> God. it's the most awake I've seen Harrison Ford in so long. The first scene he comes in and he's like talking. I'm like, what is he doing with his voice? Your enemy will be out in force and you cannot meet him on his own low ground. It's kind of like a complex character and he plays it really well. Yeah, he really does. 
I think it's one of the biggest performances I've ever seen from Harrison Ford. Yeah. Because he's, you know, he's normally just like Mr. Cool Dude. But he, here he's got, like you said, the whole voice and the full like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I, it like, really works. Because even with, with the whole like largeness of the performance, which I think actually suits the movie, uh, he does bring a lot of heart to it, especially towards the end. Yeah. It was a less big budget, like Hollywood movie. It was not low budget, but it was on the lower end. Like he's the only big star really in the movie. At least at the time. Yeah, I mean, it's Chadwick true. was unknown at this time, which I think was probably the best decision to cast an unknown. Because it, mm-hmm. it, it helped to add to the realism, probably, of it. Yeah. It made sense, too, because the whole, like, Jackie Robinson, I mean, he was known in the Negro Leagues, but he wasn't really nationally known at all. And so it's kind of like they plucked this dude out of a seeming obscurity. First of all, one thing I noticed was that they immediately made Jackie Robinson seem a lot more human than he'd ever seemed to me before. All you see is like the photos of him just smiling with the, ah. yes. you know, and he just looks kind of heroic, but you don't, and you hear like, he never rose to all of the insults and the abuse and the discrimination. He was just that cool. And like, you don't have any idea really what was going on inside mm-hmm. and what he was like before. So I thought, the fact that they introduced him as more of a fiery, feisty kind of guy from the get-go, really, um, it actually added some dimension. And then when uh, he started just, like, taking all of the abuse, I think it made you feel worse for him. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that whole That's actually movie. That's, that was, I still don't know the name of the manager. <laughs> you just said it. I was like, okay. oh, that's that guy's name. I, I just know him as Alan Tudyk. Yes. I know the actor. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Mean Alan Tudyk. So mm. the movie was written and directed by Brian Helgeland. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. If I'm not, your phone is pinging. <laughs> <laughs> Turn off your phone. It pinged again. He's so popular. Almost in defiance. <laughs> His other wife calling. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What was I saying? You oh, have a third Scott. wife, Scott? I thought I was your other wife. <laughs> now we have to leave this in. <laughs> That's funny. That was funny. We love a good joke. This movie was written and directed by Brian Helgeland. He also wrote and directed A Knight's Tale. And so, without further gilding the lily, and with no more ado, I give to you the seeker of serenity, the protector of Italian virginity, the enforcer of our Lord God, the one, the only, Sir Ulrich von Lichtenstein. Which is a weird fucking movie that I love. It <laughs> <laughs> has no reason to be good, but it is. And also has mm-hmm. Alan Tudyk in it. <laughs> and yeah, just for, it's also starring Heath Ledger, which we get another kind of like weird thing with the two of them. Oh yes, I want to bring this up too. So. I'm a big Oscar nerd, as the fans, however little of fans there are, <laughs> know by this point. And obviously, Heath Ledger, after he passed away, he won a posthumous Oscar for his performance in Dark Knight. And this year, I've started to listen to like little Oscar buzz going about. It's, you know, just the, the pre-Oscar season buzz. And there is talk, because there's a film coming out called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, starring Viola Davis, and apparently Chadwick is starring in it as a supporting role, and there is chatter about him potentially getting nominated for an Oscar for that role, and maybe getting a posthumous Oscar. 
That would be go. That would be really cool. Yeah, I'm like totally fine with that. I think because with Heath Ledger, I think the general consensus is that if he were alive at the time, he might not have won. But generally, I think people are okay with it because he did deserve it. I think for the performance and based on what I know of Chadwick Boseman's career. If he did get nominated and won, I think people would generally be okay with it because he's deserving and, and probably, you know, can't see into the future. But if he were alive and kept going in his career, I think he only mm. went upwards and probably would have got an Oscar someday. So mm-hmm. what do you guys think about that potential? I think he had the potential to be the next Denzel because mm. he has a lot of, where Denzel does it too with the little motions of like, I can get an emotion across just by the way I move or the way I, it's just the, I Subtleties. think the subtle t- movements. Mm. I think Chadwick had that already. And that's one of the hardest things for a lot of actors to get down. Mm. But I could have seen him winning three, four, given the chance. He's got, he, I, I would agree. He's got, uh, I think what I wrote down, he's got like a really, really easy charisma where it doesn't seem like he has to do a whole lot and you immediately are like, ooh. And he's just really interesting uh, and engaging uh, on screen. And, oh, that's really cool. I didn't, I, I, I feel, when you mentioned Ma Rainey's Black Bottom being a movie, I was like, oh, wow. I feel like I did hear about this, but. Um, it's a good, it's a really good play. It's by August Wilson. Scott told me you were a theater nerd, so I was like, maybe he'll actually know the play. <laughs> yeah, um, Ma Rainey was a real person. She was a blues singer from the early 1900s. Uh, and basically the play is it's part of a 10, I think it's 10 play cycle that August Wilson wrote about black Americans in different decades of the 20th century. Probably along with Fences, the most well-known. Basically, Ma Rainey's a blues singer, and I'm guessing that Chadwick Boseman would be the young trumpeter who's part of her band, who causes most of the conflict in the show. He basically fancies himself not just a really talented trumpeter, but also a composer. And he's like, guys, can we play stuff the way I want to play it? And uh, it causes a lot of conflict, but it's really, really good. Uh, but yeah, I would, I would 100%. First of all, I'm really glad that more August Wilson plays are getting adapted. And second of all, that's the, if that is the role that, Ad, that Chadwick Boseman would be playing, which I, I, it's the only one that would make sense to me for him to play, right. um, he, he, it would be a real departure for him because it's a very angry young man in that show. Uh, and that would be just really cool. I would love for him to get an Oscar for that. Mm-hmm. And I agree, yeah, he probably, he would have, he, he seemed like he was on track to becoming kind of like an institution. Yeah. Kind of like Denzel or like Sidney Poitier kind of in the past. Yeah. Whereas just these guys who were just very, very widely respected, everybody loves. There's one point where another black gentleman in the film calls Jackie a hero. It got me like teary eyed because I'm like, there are so many kids, I'm sure, in this day and age that saw Black Panther and looked up so much to Chadwick Boseman and saw him as a hero. And it's just like, it's crazy. This movie got me fucking bawling by the way <laughs> which part which part was it that got to you well in the beginning i was like a little teary like when he first showed up and when he first had that like conversation with uh harrison ford got a little teary a little misty mm-hmm. and then when he had his son and he's ha- he has like the conversation with his son about like how i'll never leave you i'll be with you till the day i die i'm like ah. 
That was a rough one. It was, oh yeah. God. But anywho, we can get into the nitty gritty now. It's the nitty and the gritty. Mm. Um, that so gritty that's... nitty. <laughs> <laughs> so we start out with where the world is at at this moment. We're coming back from World War II. African-American people and white people fought alongside to beat the Nazis because the Nazis are the greatest villain in history. <laughs> um, and the, all these people, especially all the African-American people, come back to the U.S. expecting to be like, you know, a different world because they just fought a giant war and they come back to the same old bullshit of Jim Crow laws, segregation, racism... And it's, you know, it's not a good place. And we talk about baseball. Baseball, which is all white. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting point that you mentioned because the Negro Leagues were, like, among black people. Obviously, they never got the mainstream attention that the the major leagues did. But they were, like, a big deal uh, among black people. And... When I was in elementary school, the school that I went to opened up like another school in, in inner city Cincinnati. And the principal of that school had a photograph of himself. I think it was, was it himself? No, it was maybe, it was either him or someone else that, or like his father playing against Jackie Robinson, like in the Negro leagues. So it was like, I, it was like, I think Jackie was like either trying to tag somebody out or sliding in, uh, but it was like the two of them playing against each other. And my, my grandfather, before he was an engineer, he was a rocket scientist. Before he was a rocket scientist, he was a, he was a Negro Leagues pitcher. And he played against Jackie Robinson, uh, I believe, multiple times uh, in the Negro Leagues before he got pulled up to the majors. I guess in, in a very real sense, it was America's pastime. But like the rest of the country at the time, it was very heavily segregated. And racism was a major part of it at the time. Indeed, it was a huge part of it. Also, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm not a, a sports movie gal generally, or a sports person in general. But that's why, like, the fact that I was so into this movie is a triumph. Like, I do not give a fuck about sports. <laughs> but, like, the whole fucking movie, I'm screaming at the TV. Like, every game, I'm screaming, like, go Jackie! <laughs> like, I'm going crazy. So... <laughs> they must have been doing something right this movie converted me to giving a shit about baseball and my dad was a Mets fan so you know I got it shoved down my throat every day growing up and I still didn't care <laughs> <laughs> I used to read baseball books when I was younger like there was a series of books about this guy who could uh, go through time by touching baseball cards and he went back that. Did you read those? Yeah, I did. Stop, that's so funny. They were pretty that. good, right? Yeah, they, they were. They were good. And I think one of them, he actually does go back and meet Jackie Robinson. Uh, but in that one, he's a black kid. And I think that's the one where he's a black, like he's, a, he's normally a white kid, but for whatever reason, touching Jackie Robinson's card turns him black. So he gets, dis <laughs> he has to experience the same discrimination that Jackie experienced. Somebody tells me that, that wouldn't go today. No, that, that episode, that'd be probably a little problematic. <laughs> So we now know that everything's kind of segregated, even baseball. That's about to change. There's about to be one African-American in Major League Baseball. Oh, my God. That first scene, we open up on Harrison Ford, who plays Branch Rickey. The owner of the Brooklyn Dodgers. He's in the room with 
two of his little lackeys, and he's like, I got this idea. With this like cigar in his hand. <laughs> I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get an African American in the Brooklyn Dodgers. And one of the guys just stands up like <gasps> clutching his pearls and like, Are you out of your mind? And it's like, oh jeez, here we go. <laughs> it's so cartoonish. His reasoning is also so blatantly like capitalist where he's just money money yeah money. because black people have money too <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna get their dollars i thought it was interesting that you talked about the african-american leagues because like yeah obviously like that would make sense like there's a whole section of the country that you're basically ignoring mm-hmm. and branch ricky was like we can tap into them and get their money <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it, it kind of establishes that while this was a great thing bring you know combining the leagues it wasn't necessarily for the right reason may not have been ideologically pure so to speak right but it's funny because as we go along with branch ricky which is why i kind of liked harrison's performance i liked the character because he does have very capitalistic selfish motivation but as we move along with branch ricky i don't know if it's like something that he felt deep down all along or if it's as he went on and saw how Jackie was being such a a, really a strong guy despite his temper and whatnot he kind of softens a little bit and has a better understanding of how big it is that this African-American guy is starting integration in the baseball league and he kind of saw himself as someone that shepherded that in and it, it seemed like he grew a little bit as a character as the movie went on. Yeah. I, I think the way I interpreted it was the, the reasoning that he offered at the beginning was almost a ruse. Like, maybe that was a concern, but I got the sense that the monologue that he gives him at the end about the guy who he'd been working with. It seemed like that was actually his motivation, but he wasn't comfortable sharing it. And it's right. like, he's finally, yeah, it's like he's he's gotten to know Jackie and respect Jackie as a a man enough and kind of softens up and opens up and makes himself vulnerable by sharing like, look, I actually have, uh, I'm like trying to kind of atone for what I did before and make sure that that kind of thing, I can change things now that I have enough power. But I did read up a little bit as far as historical accuracy. For the most part, generally the movie is seen as being pretty historically accurate, despite the schmaltz blanketing the screen. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, the studio did work very closely with Rachel Robinson, Jackie's wife, who's in this movie, and we're going to talk <laughs> about their relationship because I just fucking love it so much. But, um, yeah, they worked with her pretty closely for the sake of historical accuracy, which I think is great. And also, I read an article written by... I forget his name, but it was someone who wrote a biography of Jackie Robinson's life. And he basically goes through different points. And in regards to Branch Rickey, he does say that like his character in the film was pretty spot on as far as his motivations. They also touch in the movie on his like religious background and how that kind of had a part to play, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that a biopic with so much schmaltz, because you would think because of that, it isn't as historically accurate, but by most accounts, it pretty much is, so. Yeah, 
That's that really is surprising for like with everything with how this movie feels. It's uh, like you would never, like you said, you would just not expect it to be I mean, nearly as things, accurate. There are things that are off, but we'll talk about that as we go. But for the most part, mm. so now we get our introduction to Jackie, and it's in a dark stadium. Yeah, that was weird. I literally looked at Scott. I'm like, do they just play with the lights off? Like, they don't give them lights? Like, <laughs> like they're black, so they can't have fucking lights? Like, really? Okay. Wasn't enough money in the budget. <laughs> like, well, fuck that. Well, also, back then, a lot of the stadiums, they, did, they didn't really do night games. There wasn't great lighting in night games anyway. But also, the Negro Leagues didn't have the money the Major Leagues did. Yeah. So they, they were just playing games wherever they could play a freaking game. You know, and yeah. if it happened to begin dark during the game, we've got to finish the game. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it makes sense. It does. It was just like weird because the, the movie starts off too. It's very well lit, very bright. And then it's just like the stark contrast. It's like shadows and it's like, where is mm-hmm. everybody? But Jackie steals all the bases and you get a sense that he's really good and we get them getting gas. Mm-hmm. Which that seemed like I don't know if that particular scene really happened in real life. I couldn't find anything about that. But that would seem like a very schmaltzy made-for-the-movie scene. <laughs> it really did. Like, he goes to the gas station with the team on the bus, and they're like, okay, we're going to pump your gas, okay. And then Chadwick walks over to the bathroom, do 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 and he's like, hey, you Negro, you can't go in there. And it's like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it really, then, yeah. Then Jackie's like, well, we're just going to get our gas somewhere else. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> I think had he not been as, like, stoic in taking the abuse later, then it would have rung even more hollow, a scene like that. Because I think it's like, in the moment, you're like, oh, here we go. But then, like, it's such a contrast to how he handles people later. So it ends up being like, oh, okay, that's an interesting character moment then, because it establishes this is what he's like, in, this is what his inclination would be, but he's actively going against that in order to be able to serve a larger purpose. Yeah, because then we cut to Branch Rickey talking about Jackie's military service and how mm-hmm. he was court martialed for not wanting to sit in the back of a military transport. Which, like, mm. fair. Because, you know, I fucking fought in war. I should sit wherever the fuck I want. <laughs> yep. But, unfortunately, you know. But 1940s be 1940s and yeah, exactly. all over the place. There was one, I forget where it was, but the one where the security guard from the baseball game, like, kicked him out of the game. Yeah, yeah it was one of the early one. games, right? But that yeah. was, like, in the South, right? Yeah, that was in a that was in Pensacola, Florida, I believe. Yeah, there was. Uh, it was funny because during that scene, I know usually we're pretty straightforward, but we're jumping all over the place because fuck <laughs> it, I really love this movie and I want to talk about everything. So, at that game, like it just started and they kept showing this like old ass white security guard, and I'm like, he's gonna be in like he's something's gonna happen with him because they keep panning to him and it's like okay like what's happening just frowning at the game yeah and i fucking was yelling at the screen because this motherfucker he waits for jackie to but not make a home run to run to home plate i don't know baseball he he runs over the catcher yes he he like flips over the catcher goes home yeah and then he's like get off the field i'm like oh so you wait for him to score and then you're like bitch. (laughs) Um, I guess he was waiting like, to see if it would matter, if he'd be a factor in the game. Yeah, and he's like, do you, 
things aren't like this in Brooklyn. We're, you know, we're in the South. And it's like, okay, fuck you, guy. Oh, yeah, because he does run over the catcher. Like, he wrecks that dude. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, he goes like he full Pete Rose on that guy. Oh, yeah. He almost could have explained it away as the guy like, you hit a white man. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. That was, that was I think, how he was trying to play it. So Branch Rickey has decided that Jackie's his guy. He's going to bring Jackie to the team. And as Jackie's getting gas, the guy shows up randomly. It's like, are you Jackie Robinson? <laughs> the most ominous – by the way, there are, like, two moments in this where, like, a white person approaches Jackie Robinson in, like, the most shocking way. Oh like, it was God, like, yeah. it was like, were you thinking this through, bro, before you just walked up <laughs> on this true. guy? You would oh understand where this dude's perspective is coming from. It'd be like the equivalent of if a lady was trying to get gas at night and some dude mysteriously appeared yes. next to the car and was like, hey, like, bro, so just, it's going to be the wrong message. So Jackie gets brought to Brooklyn, gets offered to join the, uh, the minor league team in Montreal. And he's like, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. He's kind of shocked by it. Yeah, his facial expressions are, like, fucking solid. It's not like Macaulay Culkin, like... <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Surprise Pikachu face. Like, what'd you say? <laughs> kind of like, huh? Face? And I love it. But this is kind of where Branch starts testing him to see if he can control his temper, because that's the big thing. He starts spout... And his is... Compared to the cartoony stuff we get later in the movie, his mm -hmm. seems a little more real. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's, that scene was uncomfortable mm -hmm. to watch. And you could tell, especially because Chadwick stands up, he thinks better of it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Harrison yeah. Ford is about to get decked. Oh, yeah. There are a couple of times in this movie where Ricky says things that are a little like, eh, but... You know he's right. In this scene, Jackie says to Ricky, you want somebody weak that won't fight back? And Ricky is like, no, I want someone who is strong enough not to fight back. You can see both perspectives of it, but ultimately you know that Ricky is right because if Alan Tudyk coach starts screaming epithets at him and giving him shit mm -hmm. during the game, if he just went over and fucking decked him in the face, it would be, oh, this black man, he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's in over his head. He, he doesn't belong in baseball. He can't control himself. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. Obviously, that wouldn't be fucking true, but that would be the perception. He also makes a biblical reference in this scene. There's a lot of biblical themes throughout the film. Mm -hmm. And he says, I want you to be like our savior and turn the other cheek. You think you can do that? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> So Jackie, of course, is happy, and the first person he calls is his girlfriend, Ray. Yeah, that was a sweet scene. That was a oh really God. sweet scene. Rachel is Jackie's girlfriend, soon-to-be wife. Spoiler alert, Rachel is uh, she's played by Nicole Bahari, and she was just fucking adorable. Her relationship with Jackie, I would argue it's the backbone of the movie. There's yeah, it's the big heart of the movie. Yeah. 
for sure. Uh, there's actually a scene I'll, when we get to it later, I, uh, there was a scene that I think could have been done differently and I, I wish that she could have been in. But for immediately, yeah, she's immediately likable. Everything about them getting like, every, their whole conversation when they're about to get married, then after they've gotten married and they're back at the hotel, it's just a really well done romantic scene. Both of those actors absolutely bring it. They definitely have, and this is the thing we argue a lot about with movies, at least me and Frankie do, is how's the chemistry, especially if you're supposed yeah. to be a couple. There's mm -hmm. so many couples that you sit there and you're like, these guys have zero fucking chemistry. <laughs> but that's not a problem here. Yeah, it's very cute. Yeah. He asks her to marry him over the phone and she immediately says yes and he's like jumping up and down. It's so cute. I love and the I'm silent like, fist pump he does. Yes, and then literally the next scene, they're like getting married and he's over the top, like offering his arm to dance with her. And it's like <laughs> the cutest fucking thing. I'm getting cavities because it's so sweet, but it's fine. So then after that, he starts spring training, yes? Well, we first, he's supposed- Damn it, I thought I got that. You're, you were actually very <laughs> close. Uh, he goes to the airport because he's got the report to spring training. Oh, oh yes, and the whole guess, airport thing. And white, where, she's, where she's staring at the, with the, the whites only? Yes. Yeah. And that was like a really interesting moment. I guess you don't really see that portrayed in movies, specifically a black person encountering that for the first time. Yeah. Uh, you may see that kind of thing, but yeah, her just being like, whoa. But yeah, she encounters it for the first time and she just fucking ignores it. Jack's like, ah! Yeah, she's just kind of like stunned at first. And then you can see the cogs turning in her head, like, what's going to happen if I go in there? Let's find out. And then she just walks in and Jackie's like, wait. <laughs> yeah. And then this fucking bitch fucking... <laughs> stewardess lady at the desk looking and like watching and you cut to her in the next scene being like well the plane is just too heavy like talking to them like they're fucking oh. really <laughs> okay and then she of course friends to call the cops and then you see the people walk up like revealing that they've sold their seats yeah it's just like oh yeah. Again, that's a scene, I think, similar to the scene of the two of them kind of getting together. A scene that could have played out as being like, oh, here we go, more racism. But like in the moment, it actually feels like, you. I think because they've won you over so much uh, and their responses to the situation are so honest, you are, you're like, oh man, like these people I like are yeah. getting denied seats. Exactly, we've all had shitty experiences at the airport. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So they take a bus down to spring training and we get introduced to our final major character, really, in uh, Wendell Smith, who mm -hmm. is a African-American reporter. Yes. And he's played by Andre Holland. He's in Moonlight. Of, yeah. One of the stars of Moonlight, which I fucking love that movie, too. I actually have a little bit of a story about him. He's really versatile, first of all, because this, his character in this is really different from his character in Moonlight. But... Oh, yeah. I also saw him, I think back in 2018, he came over to England and starred in Othello uh, along with Mark Rylance. And I saw them and it was really good. It even started raining in like, cause the globe is outdoors. It literally started raining towards the end when all of the tragedy was going down. So it's like the weather, oh, wow. uh, the power of the acting was such that the weather was like, I mean, we got to, we got to help out. And it just started <laughs> raining. Yeah, so he is Jackie's... His chronicler is what he calls himself, I think. I wonder if he had one of those in real life. I think he did. I think that was one of the aspects of the movie that was accurate. Like, there were other reporters, too, that were 
very close with Jackie, I think, but he was one of the main guys that was well, yeah, with I'm, him. I'm sure he's an amalgamation of multiple yes. characters. Exactly. Multiple mm. people. Because, you know, that happens. In regards to that character, I do like how he's kind of flushed out, too, throughout the movie. There's one scene in particular where Wendell is driving Jackie around, and he tells him, listen, there's a reason that I'm not in the press box and I'm in the regular stands with my typewriter in my lap. Like you're not the only Mm -hmm. one that is dealing with trying to work and be segregated at the same time and break into a business that is predominantly white and doesn't give a shit about you. And it kind of brings it to light that like, yes, Jackie was this larger than life character because he was in baseball and baseball is obviously a huge part of American culture. But there's also, you know, other aspects that maybe weren't as spotlit as baseball. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes both Ray and Jackie to where they are staying because they can't stay at the hotels with the white players. So they're going to stay with African-American families. Ray asks Wendell, like, where are the other wives staying? And... Wendell says, you're the only one allowed at spring training. I thought that was really yeah. Because Interesting. if you think about it, Branch knows uh, in, probably in his heart that this is going to be huge. This is going to be a weight on Jackie that if Jackie probably doesn't have his wife with him. Yeah, he needs that support. For sure. I thought that was really sweet, actually, the fact that she was the only one who was allowed to come. We get the first time of Branch talking to the minor league coach of the Montreal team. Mm -hmm. And he tells him that, because the Montreal coach lets out a little Mm -hmm. racist statement. Yeah, throws out the N-word. He does. And Branch is like, dude, that ain't happening here. You better manage Jackie Robinson fairly. And correctly, mm-hmm. or you'll be looking for a fucking job. I said to Scott when he said that, I was like, he doesn't have to say that. He doesn't have to stand up for Jackie like that. So it does kind of make the argument of what Jeremy was saying that, like, deep down all along, he really wanted to bring Jackie up into the league and make him mm-hmm. a genuine player in the league. And we get, like, in the exhibition game between the major league team and the Montreal team. Where Jackie walks. And then he starts stealing bases, right? Yeah. He start, oh, my God. That was sick. Him and the pitcher have this, like, duel. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's the Ten Duel Commandments. It's the Ten Duel Commandments. I yeah. was screaming at the TV. <laughs> get it, get it, get it. <laughs> like, he, he totally gets in the pitcher's head, and the pitcher, like, walks him home. We also get the first image of this little kid who yeah. is there with his mother and he's like praying that Jackie shows all these people what African-Americans can do. Which mm-hmm. is very schmaltzy. Yeah. The little kid shows up a couple of times throughout the first half of the movie and supposedly at the end they say that he was supposed to be representative of, I forget his name, but a yeah, but like a real player. life, a real life player, yeah. Yeah, a real life player that played for the Mets and won like the I think the World Series. Yes, in 1969. Yes, he was um, yeah. And that 
I mean, it shouldn't be a shock that that particular aspect of the movie wasn't accurate historically. But um, the kid aspect in the movie was like a little too much for me. Yeah, like, especially when he starts explaining stuff, like baseball yeah, stuff. It so it's like, like he's trying to explain it to the audience. Yeah, there was one point where the pitcher dropped the ball because Jackie yeah. was in his head and he just walks to home plate and the little black kid, his mom is like, what happened? He didn't even do anything. <laughs> the black kid is like, well, no, mama. He got in his head. He oh, discombobulated him. Yes. <laughs> he discombobulated him. I'm like, oh. Like, we can watch God. the movie, guys. <laughs> like, we, can, we, just we can see saw what it. happened. Like, I don't fucking understand baseball, but I pretty much followed what just happened. And then there's one point, too, where Jackie's getting on a train, and this little kid just happens to be at the train station seeing him off. Of course. Ta-ta, Jackie Robinson. <laughs> throws him a baseball, and it's like, please stop this. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think that's totally a call. That least moment is a callback to an old Coke commercial where Mean Joe Green of the Pittsburgh Steelers is, like, walking into the back and this kid goes, want my Coke? It's okay, you can have it. No, no. Really, you can have it. <laughs> he takes off the jersey, goes, here you go, kid. Oh my God. <laughs> Throws him the jersey. <laughs> <laughs> this sweaty jersey you wore all game. <laughs> Just... it, it felt like there, this movie at times can have some tension between the actors giving it really, really good performances and like the story actually being like a really powerful story. And then just this, like, it's like they're trying to pull it in like the really cliche schmaltzy direction where it's just like, ugh. And that's one of those scenes, like the kids listening to the tracks, like I can still hear him. Oh my God. See, <laughs> just like, what is going on here, guys? Sir. Uh. It's a little yeah. much. <laughs> 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 sir, take a look at what you've done, sir. <laughs> and understand that it was unnecessary. Now, it's after the, the game. Jackie's asleep. And a random white guy oh, pulls up yeah. to the house. And is like, is that black baseball player here? Well, mm-hmm. if he's still here in a couple of hours, there's going to be trouble. <laughs> Trouble right here in River City. And that's trouble. Yes, you got lots and lots of trouble. I'm thinking of the kids in the Knickerbocker, shirt tail young ones, peeking in the pool hall window after school. You got trouble, folks, right here in River City. Trouble with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. That is exactly what I thought of. <laughs> exactly what I thought of. Like, oh, my God. There's going to be trouble. Because he literally... Right here in River City. The old, exactly like, the old white guy is literally like, he's practically singing, trouble, trouble, trouble. And I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Wendell, he calls Ricky and he's like, what do I do? And he's like, listen, you get Jackie out of bed, get him in the car, drive him down to Daytona Beach, and don't tell him what's going on. And the second he said that, I'm like, he's not stupid. Like, you're getting him up in the fucking middle of the night. Like, why does he think? So, him and Wendell get in the car, they're driving away, and as they're driving away, a car, like, cuts them off and to stop Mm -hmm. in the middle of the road, and you're like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what's that? Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then right is like a group of fucking angry white men <laughs> just mm-hmm. like saunter out of the bar nearby. Wendell just like does a like a quick turn, like yeah, out of the way and drives off. Just no, like yeah, it, he yeah, turns into like fucking, an action hero for a second. You you felt the fucking tension in that scene, and like obviously yeah. you knew they weren't gonna fucking like crash and die or anything because you know history. But yeah, 
But like it was still- Turns out Jackie Robinson was actually a, a clone. <laughs> the original Jackie Robinson died in, tragically. Nazis. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we used the Nazi scientists that the U.S. had, had brought back from World War II and cloned Jackie like Robinson. It's a Mel Brooks movie waiting to happen. <laughs> <laughs> what I liked about that scene is after that really tense moment, they immediately break the tension with like a really good joke, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I wasn't necessarily expecting. They're driving like away, and Jackie's looking at Wendell like, "What the fuck? What was that about?" And he, Wendell, tells him like, "What happened?" And Jackie starts laughing, and he's like, "Oh, I thought you woke me up in the middle of the night because I got cut from the team." <laughs> And he's like, yeah. oh, this is fine. Yeah. And Linda's like, you're a fucked up person, basically. Like, what is wrong with you? I mean, I don't, I don't blame you. I, I can see where he would have thought that. Um, that scene, what's really interesting about it is like, the, I've definitely seen, I don't know if it's just stuff that I've seen in other like movies, but the guy approaching and being basically like leveling a threat. It's just being like, look, if you're still here, we're going to come and mess you up. That part, that actually felt legit to me. I was like, See, now that makes more sense. Like, he wouldn't just come yeah. up and like, yelling epithets. It would have just been like, look, we're going to do stuff. So right. you need to leave. I like intimidation tactics. And then Harrison Ford's response, it reminded me of the response that you often get to, to situations like when Do the Right Thing came out and people were predicting that, that Black people would riot after seeing the movie and that it was going to like cause all this civil unrest and stuff. It reminded me of the kinds of responses that you would normally, like there's just an assumption that you get like uh, because of the, the cultural stereotypes that exist. And as you said, Frankie, that, 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 that was a very funny ending. Like to, to release the tension of what had yeah. just happened where this movie very nearly escalated to a whole nother level of seriousness. We cut to uh, Jackie walking with Rachel and they're like joking around and you know, basically trying to make light of the situation just to like get by essentially that's what came across to me and then we get the other kind of <laughs> creepy fucking moment exactly you're in the, the second you're, in, who approaches anybody that way like why would you you're, appro- you're an the old white guy up you just him. like violently pull your car up like by them and like storm over to them and poor Jackie, like, pushes Rachel behind him, like, just stays. Yeah. Like, mm. I'm like, why? But then immediately it goes, like, we just want you to know, like, we're behind you. If you have the skills, you should be able to play. And it's like, that's a nice sentiment, sir. But maybe, like, say it a little less violently. Yeah. <laughs> why do, who, come, who, who approaches a person that way? <laughs> like, under any circumstances? Why? Even if it would have been a white celebrity, you're not going to just... Sir, I want you to have a nice day. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I just wanted to tell you, your hat looks great. (laughs) Just speed away. Oh, God, it's so fucking funny. It It is funny. I'm like, okay. We had an extra pizza, and we'd like to offer you a slice. (laughs) Just like, it was the most aggressive, (laughs) the most aggressive positive. Yeah. Uh, And it's just funny because... Then they cut back to Chadwick, who just kind of like, okay. Oh, yeah, no, it's kind of like facial things. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just like kind of exhales a little bit, like, all right. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. 
Okay, that is so actually one thing about the structure of this movie is that the scenes, even though they sequentially happen, a lot of them feel like they kind of run together. Yeah. I think it's structurally, it might be a slight weakness of the film, I think, because yeah. it's like you have, it, it just feel a lot of them, there's like major events that will stick out, but overall, uh, especially once he actually joins the Dodgers team, that doesn't yeah. feel like there's that much of a, a narrative flow anymore. It's just a lot yeah. of racism and, and then they win at the end. Yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next scene is we get Jackie's first game uh, as a real game for the minor league team where uh, he's about to, he's on deck and Ray has to go to the bathroom. Mm. And uh, <laughs> as Ray's in the bathroom, this random lady is just like, oh yeah, I haven't been feeling well lately. Oh, when did you last get your period? Oh yeah, they do. Dude, they do like the fucking like uh, like the quintessential. Oh, this lady has a little tummy ache. She's feeling a little nauseous, and she must be pregnant. That, like the second she's like, "Oh, I think I'm gonna be sick." I'm like, "Oh, she's pregnant." <laughs> that's what they do. It's just the way yeah. it is. So then they cut to like nine months, eight months later, and they have the baby, little boy. And then we have the scene, guys, that made me want to cry. Well, it did make me cry, but it made me want to, like, crawl into a hole and never come mm -hmm. out. <laughs> like, he just has, the, Chadwick has, it's, I think, probably his most emotional sequence in the movie. Mm. He's in the hospital talking to his little baby boy. It's just so fucking emotional and it's mm -hmm. I mean granted it's probably made about 15,000 times more emotional considering the fact Chadwick is now gone. I did a little bit of research after the movie and found out that Jackie Robinson's uh, real life son like I guess the the boy that he was speaking to in that scene ended up going to Vietnam uh, surviving but then when he came back he had a lot of like drug addiction problems and was really, really negatively affected. And Jackie was basically with him through that whole process, trying uh -huh. to help rehabilitate him. And then his son, I think, died very suddenly in a car crash, I believe, in 1971. Yeah, something like uh, that, yeah. Like, after having kind of turned a corner with all of the drugs and everything. Uh, and apparently after that, Jackie became like a big crusader against drugs. Yeah. Uh, like a big anti-drug crusader because of his son. So even without the additional current context with Chadwick Boseman's passing, the fact that it's like, you know what Jackie went through with that and what that little boy eventually went through. Uh, it's like, wow. That's crazy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. It, it's definitely, it's powerful. And so we get Branch Rickey calls Leo. Uh, Detective Stabler. Boom, boom. Dun, dun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think before every scene, was, well, there should be an edit. There should be there should be an edit of this movie where ev before every one of his scenes, <laughs> dun, dun. and then there's just a guy a, like a moving crate in the background, like every <laughs> single scene he appears in. Oh god! So he calls Leo and he goes, "What's your opinion on Robinson?" And Leo's like, "If he can help us win, I don't give." <laughs> <laughs> that's basically his attitude throughout mm -hmm. um, so Ricky's like okay like I'm gonna give him to you so good luck and he's like okay sounds good and apparently like 
that scene is funny too because he's in bed with like his mistress or whatever and like some hollywood actress isn't it yeah yeah and ricky overhears her and he makes like a little like biblical dig he's like hey mm-hmm. bible says something about adultery you know that right and leo just goes yeah i'm sure the bible says something about a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> yep but like at that yep. time it, it was more of a big deal i mean now like you know it's like oh it's tuesday people are cheating on their wives okay mm. but <laughs> but i guess in the 40s it was a bigger deal because later on in the movie he does get suspended because of his nefarious activities quote unquote. Mm. although apparently i read in real life there were other mitigating factors as well yeah. or contributing sure, factors yeah. that is it like that it wasn't just because i think in the movie it's almost implied that that got exposed because he was fighting on behalf of jackie robinson like because he was defending him it felt yeah, like I mean, that maybe they were looking for a reason yeah yeah but in real life there was some other contributing factor as well i can't remember what it was but he was also doing something else I'm sure. I'm sure he, he he seemed like the fiery type of guy that probably said things or did things that weren't necessarily uh, kosher. Yeah. Dodger team is playing spring training in Panama, and uh, they're saying that a bunch of them are signing a petition that they won't play with Jackie. Mm-hmm. And the few people that don't sign are like Pee Wee Reese doesn't sign. And a couple other people won't sign too, but a good deal of them sign. Okay, so one of the players that is super against Jackie, his name is Dixie Walker. And in the beginning of the movie, a lot of the players are kind of against Jackie, but a lot of them come around as time goes on. Dixie Walker does not. Yeah, Dixie and one other guy do not. Dixie Walker in the film is played by an actor by the name of Ryan Merriman. And if you don't know that name, if you are a 90s kid and you watch DCOMs a lot, Disney Channel original movies, you might recognize him as the kid from Smart House. You can't be our mother, Pat. You're not real. So? Now this smart family has to pull together to deprogram a very smart house. Or the leprechaun kid from uh, Luck of the Irish. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) He's all grown up now. I I did not recognize him at all. I thought that was hysterical. (laughs) I watched both of those movies multiple <laughs> right? times. Right? Uh, I did not at all. Rec- I'm glad he's still working, you know? Yeah, I know, I'm glad right? he's still I working. I was happy to see him. I was like, girl, there you go. You're back. Ryan, you're, you're back. You're here. You're racist, but you're here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a living. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Ricky calls Leo and tells Leo he's got to put down basically this rebellion. Uh, and this is a good scene with he does a good job in the scene I like the scene a lot yeah yeah he gathers all the team together in the middle of the night and she's mm-hmm. like wake up motherfuckers listen up <laughs> I love when he goes to wake them up they're already in the kitchen he yeah, walks into his baby bus together around. and they're all just kind of like what are you doing this yeah. <laughs> is really awkwardly blocked yeah and he basically goes I don't care if he is yellow or black or has stripes like a zebra. If Robinson can help us win, and everything I have seen says he can, then he is going to play on this ball club. Better get used to it because he, Jackie's here. He's coming. And other African-American players are right behind him. Mm-hmm. 
And if you don't play baseball well, they're going to replace you. It was literally part of that was like it was playing out like like some kind of white nationalists like worst fears being confirmed. Like, so you're right. There is an invasion. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like that is actually kind of what happened for a period. So it's a really good scene. He seems to get most of the people to kind of recant on signing this petition. Mm-hmm. Ex- except for Dixie and, and Smart House. But then eventually he relents because he fucking plays, right? Yeah, he, well, he, uh, again. I think it's like they play, but they just have bad attitudes. Yeah. Or one of them gets traded, like, right away. Well, he gets right? traded shortly or, after this, yes. Yeah. And uh, Dixie kind of lets it slide for a while, but Dixie's kind of an asshole throughout the entire yeah. movie. And we get the commissioner of baseball calls up Branch Rickey right before the season starts and goes, hey, uh, we're spending Leo for the season. Uh, and Branch like, you can't do this to me. And it's like, yes, you can. <laughs> because the Catholics <laughs> say no, no to Leo. Therefore, we must mm-hmm. say goodbye. So it's another like little knock to, uh, well, sometimes yeah. they knock religion, sometimes they don't. It's, I think it's, it felt like an acknowledgement just of the different social mores of the time. Right. Yeah, because like you said, that would not be an issue today. Like, no one would care. We have people out here getting entanglements and everything. There's all kinds of entanglements. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh my God, I can't believe that just came up. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. So (laughs) So we get the first game for the Brooklyn Dodgers. They do not have a coach. And they are playing Philadelphia. Okay, so before we get to this pretty uh, major point of the movie, we like to do a little segment here on Shoot the Flick. We haven't done it in a while, but we're going to do it now. Uh, and it is called The Cast Could Have Been. Ooh. It's very fancy, can't you tell by our intro? So, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I immediately was when I was doing research, I found cast could have been for Ricky, but I couldn't find any for Jackie, which bummed me out. However, mm. um, I did find out something interesting regarding a Jack, like the Jackie Robinson film adaptation in general. So we're going to talk about it all. Okay. Mm. Now, in the 90s, um, there was a plan originally then to make a Jackie Robinson movie. Uh, it was in the, the pre-workings and it was going to be directed by Spike Lee. Ooh. And it was going to be starring none other than a Denzel. Of course. Because Denzel and Chadwick have a lot of intersecting connections, like Denzel yeah. sponsored Chadwick's uh, college education, I think, and mm-hmm. they worked together, I think, at one point. I think he made a speech at, like, a dedication thing for Denzel, um, like a speech for him. Mm-hmm. It was very, very interesting. And they obviously get compared a lot uh, talent-wise. So how do we feel about the Spike Lee Denzel 
I would have watched the heck out of that. That almost happened but didn't. Yeah, I would have absolutely watched that. I mean, Malcolm X is awesome. Like, yeah, those yeah. two together are just a great combo. I would 100% have watched that. Indeed. Uh, Denzel, again, would bring out this role as well. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not, I wouldn't have been worried about that. Uh, and who do you have for uh, Ricky? Oh, for the 90s version, I don't know. But uh, apparently, it, it just fell through because of, quote-unquote, as always, creative differences. Ain't that oh. the way? Mm-hmm. But then for this movie, uh, I looked it up and I saw that there were other options potentially to play Ricky. The two other actors that were considered for Ricky for this film were Robert Redford and Jack Nicholson. Whoa! So I think Ford was probably the best choice. I can see Redford. I can't see Jack. Yeah. Nicholson would have been so weird in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Jack Nicholson would have, yeah. That would have been, that would have been a lot. I want someone who's strong enough not to to say anything. Like, like he would have just been like, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It would have been a little much. I think Harrison Ford has just the right, because I feel like Redford probably would have been too maybe bland in it and like not really enough oomph. Harrison Ford, I think, has just the right amount. Yeah, he's the right level of grouch, I think, to have played this part. Yeah, exactly. So, Jackie, of course, gets his contract, and he gets given his iconic jersey number of 42. Is it the, I heard it was the only number that is uh, retired throughout all of baseball? Yes, it is the only number retired throughout all of baseball. No one wears the number 42 except for once a year. Everybody in baseball wears the number 42, which yeah. there's a line in this movie said by Pee Wee Reese, maybe one day we'll all wear 42, which I'm like, ha. Ah. Ah, ah, he said it. He said it. So, yeah, Jackie comes onto the field to basically 50-50 of cheers and boos. But what I did mm. find interesting about that part, you know, there's all these camera bulbs flashing and people screaming at him and booing and but then he looks into the crowd and he's scanning the crowd and he finds Rachel and he just mm-hmm. you can see him kind of like calm down a little bit and I was like yep that's good <laughs> there's that emotional that's center that right just there. coming right back Jackie has a, a rough time at first where Rums call him out Alan Tudyk goes really hard into Jackie when he first came up though I didn't even realize it was him at first. Mm. Like, I had to wait until it went closer on his face. I was like, oh, shit, that's Alan Tudyk. Yeah. Didn't even sound like like how he normally sounds. Exactly. Such a different character for him. If you're familiar with Alan Tudyk's work, most nerds are. He's yep. played a lot of very uh, wholesome, nice, funny characters. Like, just seeing him come out with that really guttural, like, tone in his voice, I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, the was- biggest racist in the movie. Yeah, it was so bizarro. Yeah, it's definitely weird seeing Tudyk doing that because, yeah, he is very lovable. I mean, he mm-hmm. was Wash on Firefly, guys. Come on. Yeah, he was Come the on. chicken in Moana. Yes, he played Hey Hey, which I hated <laughs> that fucking chicken. <laughs> Creepy <laughs> as fuck, but he said to be cute. Uh, there's a clip of him doing the voice for that, and then he just looks at the camera that's filming him for, like the, I guess, like the behind-the-scenes stuff, 
like I, I went to Julia. So yeah. Chapman is really getting to Jackie. After the second time he gets out, he goes, walks into the dugout, and smashes his bat against the wall. That was one of the mm. best visual shots of the movie. Because he goes into like the tunnel. Tunnel. Mm-hmm. And he's like backlit. Yes, the backlit. Sh- oh my God. And then he just like smashes his bat and he like crumbles to the floor and he's like guttural crying. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. fuck. So good. Yeah. That was actually the scene that I was thinking of. That I, I think that they, it was well executed in and of itself. But from what I understand, nothing like that ever happened in real life. And the director put it in simply because he couldn't imagine something similar to that not, have ha- not having happened. Right. And I think in a case like that, it would have been really interesting to have him, instead of just like having an explosion in the dugout, to have another scene with him and Rachel at some point where he goes to her about it and she is able to be the support that Branch Ricky ends up being. But I do, I do just want to mention one thing because there's a line that comes up a couple of times in the movie that Branch Ricky mentions. And he says, don't worry about Jackie. God built him to last. And I was like, yeah. I like that line. Uh, oh, also, there's the new manager guy yes. who like barely factors in. He's in like two yeah, scenes. Was weird. <laughs> it was so weird. He it shows up and he's like, weird. "Don't be nervous that I'm here, boys. I'm just, just I will like get in your way." Wallflower, like he does nothing. Yeah. And it's the only good thing that came out of his character being in the movie was that one of my favorite lines in the movie came out of Ricky's mouth because <laughs> the the guy's talking about. I would coach the team, Ricky, but I promised my wife, you know, and I'm getting a lot of sleep now. I'm getting better sleep now. So then Ricky comes out with sleep and roses are beautiful things, but sleep you can get in your casket, and roses look real good on top of it. That is a really good line. The only line from the manager that's really like funny is he walks into the dugout and he's giving the whole speech to the team, like I'm the new manager, and he looks at Jackie Robinson and goes, you must be Jackie Robinson. Like, no. <laughs> the only black like, guy in the room is Jackie. Fucking no. <laughs> that was such a weird moment. <laughs> but you're so awkward, sir. Go to bed. <laughs> but this he, wrinkled uh, old patsy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he also has an argument with the Philadelphia owner about Jackie playing in Philadelphia. They get kicked out of the hotel. Jackie has a fight with one of the teammates. He goes to Jackie, smart house kid, Dixie Walker, and he's like, oh, I want an apology from you. I'm like, for what? <laughs> for yeah. existing and being better at baseball than you? Okay, I'm sorry. Like, what do you want, bro? It's not his fucking fault. Yeah, so uh, Alan Tudyk, the next series, is ordered to bury the hatchet with Jackie Robinson. Oh, this made me feel skeevy all over. <laughs> and Yeah. Oh, I want to take a shower. And Jackie, like, the, he goes to Jackie, he goes, hey, uh, can you take a picture with uh, Alan Tudyk? They want to show that he's changed, and Jackie's mm-hmm. like, he hasn't changed. He just wants to save face. And the guy goes, Ricky says it doesn't matter if he's really changed. It just matters if it looks like he's changed. And, yeah. again, it's something that when you hear it, it doesn't really fit well in your ears, but if you think about it for a minute, it's like, I mean, yeah, that's true because it's all about the perception. Mm-hmm. Jackie goes, oh, this let's, is let's do it on the field 
so everyone can see. <laughs> I love Jackie. This is where I fell in love with Jackie. In the yeah. Movie. Like, bitch, you, you're good. And Jackie yeah. Robinson comes up to him and goes, uh, you know, hey, let's take this picture. We'll use a bat. That lady so- off the Texas man. I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh man. It hurt. <laughs> Jackie getting them digs in when he can. Oh, yeah. yeah. So now we cut to Pee Wee gets a letter. Oh, this mm-hmm. they're about to play the Cardinals. Yeah. And, uh, Pee-wee gets a letter s- saying he's a carpetbagger and he's, you know, a, he's, he's a, every bad word you could say for a white person who plays yeah. for a black person. Yeah. And he goes to Branch, he goes, you know, what are we supposed to do about this? And Branch, like, laughs at him. like He's like, oh, you think this is bad? Hold on a second. And he goes into his file cabinet and pulls out folders and folders and folders stuffed yeah. in the room full of like death threats and hate mail to Jackie. And mm-hmm. it's like, ugh. It's just- it puts it in perspective. I actually really like that idea. Like the fact that the white players are like, oh, wow. Like one of the, especially, well, I guess. I guess Pee Wee ends up being kind of the stand-in for like the nice white teammate. Yeah. Uh, right. And but I'm glad that he gets that added perspective where it's like, oh wow, okay, so the little bit of suffering that I'm having really is just not on par. Right. Uh, not even the slightest. I mean, they get that a lot of the other teammates as the movie goes on, especially during like the whole Philadelphia fiasco with Alan Tudyk you see some of the teammates looking at Jackie while this is going on, like very, cons- like they feel like assholes basically for treating. That's what it looks like to me. Like, Oh wow. Yeah. It's really going through the fucking ringer here. Yeah. Like, There's actually a great moment uh, in the first Philadelphia game where one of the players gets up and walks over to Alan Tudyk. Oh my God. And it's like, mm-hmm. shut the fuck up, man. That's really good. Cause as he's walking away from him, Alan Tudyk yells over to the guy. He's like, how does it feel being an N-word's N-word? Yeah. And then the guy turns back around like like a whip and he goes, I don't know. How does it feel being a fucking redneck piece of shit? Yeah. That was great. There, touche. <laughs> and yeah. it's funny because right after that, Chadwick kind of almost like, yeah, he gets another one of those, yeah, and then mm-hmm. it, they have like a silent moment in the dugout together, him and the guy that defended him, and he's just looking at him, and I'm like, "Say thank you," and he just looks, <laughs> Jackie just looks over, he says, "Thanks," and he's like, "Well, you're my teammate, so." Yeah, that was nice. Okay, <laughs> that works. Oh uh, yeah, so this is now we get the famous scene of there in the infield, like warming up, and. Pee-wee, Jackie throws a ground ball to Pee-wee. Pee-wee picks it up and walks over to Jackie and puts his arm around Jackie Robinson. But actually, right before the scene, Jackie, you cut to Jackie walking onto the field and this white parent with his son. Oh, yeah, we get another, like, like over the top. Where the white parent starts screaming, like, the N-word, and the son follows him. I'm like, I get what you're going with here with, like, hate is, like, taught and not... You know? Right, which yeah. is an important message to get across, but at the yeah. same time, it's like so like just tell the, the story. Writing, the, the fucking 
fucking racist father is just like so jovial in the beginning. Like, oh, we're at a baseball game. He's going to make a homer today and it's going to be a great day. And then immediately he just starts screaming the N-word. Like with yeah. venom in his voice. But what really takes it over the top is the kid because the kid is like, so scared and like looking around with this look on his face like what is happening and then he just looks and he's like n-word n-word oh my oh, god that was an actual child they had an actual child like, in this scene just, <laughs> just imagine just that they had to audition kids do you think <laughs> yes. they had the kids audition with that scene they had to come in and see who oh could scream gosh. the n-word the best like oh. what is going on <laughs> this is an actual so... scene in a movie guys can you give me a Macaulay Culkin face and then say the N word? That's right. Like, oh. We need a harder R on this one. Sorry, could you do that again? It's literally like an after school special almost. It's just like, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, Pee Wee wraps his arm around Jackie and you get the, the chorus of boos mm -hmm. and he goes, My family's in the stands. And I need them to know who I am. And I was like, mm -hmm. all right, that works. I like that. Which, that seed I was part of it, I was like, cool. But also I was like, it's kind of weird that you're using this dude as like a prop to try and like, you're, I mean, it's, it's like, it That's goes fair. both ways. Like, I, I was like, I, I, think the, I think the best, I think the number one takeaway is like, this is a positive thing <laughs> overall. Yeah, because I think overall, like, I, I don't think Pee Wee necessarily made him a prop. I think the baseball league has made him yeah. up to this point. So he's kind of just trying to use that for good. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm not, you know, there's something to be said for intention, I think. Yeah, and he's sending a positive message ultimately. Right, of course. Well, yeah, I think it's also important that the scene before with showing him all of Jackie's letters and stuff mm -hmm. kind of makes the scene more, uh, less proppy because he now, even in his head, he might have seen what Jackie is going through, but that kind of puts it in a perspective. Yeah. It physicalizes it, really, so yes. that you can see. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and again, it's just so weird to me that that is in Cincinnati. Like, we have a literal, we have, I, we have a freedom museum, I think is what it's called, where it's like about the Underground Railroad and stuff, and, and you can, and like, it's geared towards kids and stuff. Like, it's definitely, again, it's still a very racist city, but it's a northern city very much. So it's weird to me that people, that I don't know what it was actually like in real life, but that it was just so overtly racist. That they said that Pee Wee was from, like, Kentucky or something. Yeah, yeah. Kentucky, yeah. So maybe it's just, like, you got a lot of southerners coming in. <laughs> maybe the Kentucky, well, yeah, we do have a, to be fair, we do have a lot of people from, like, Kentucky and Indiana which Indiana isn't technically the South, but there's a lot of South influence in parts of Indiana. And we do have a lot of people from those, from that, those areas in Cincinnati. Yeah. Like one of my best friends, when I grew up, him and his mom would say, when you wash something, they'd say wash. Uh, so even like accent wise, there's a lot of influence. Yeah. They, uh, we're like jumping in games now. Uh, we see uh, the next game against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Mm. Uh, <laughs> the evil team. 
Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, yeah, one of the guys that gets traded off of Jackie's team because he's a racist mm-hmm. fuck. He's like, oh, well, I gotta go to Pittsburgh now. And I'm like, Pittsburgh's not that bad, is it? It's where we send our racists here in the, <laughs> in the, in the, in the Major League Baseball. Right. So we send all the racists. Pittsburgh is used as like a running joke in this movie. And it's like, <laughs> there are worse places to live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Jackie gets uh, a fastball to the head. Oh, that was crazy. Ooh, that was, huge that was rough. A weird scene in that, like, he's just lying there, like, semi-conscious on the ground, no one tending to him, and we're just yelling, and he's just like, whoa. Like, fully does not know what's happening for a long time. Yeah. It is, it is a weird scene, yeah, because he's like, I think it's kind of to show, like, he's in the middle of the chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that was what was meant to be here. But yeah. yeah it's just like, because then he's on the bus with Ray, and Ray's crying. Yeah, which and I said to him, to Scott when we watched it, I'm like, well, I don't fucking blame her. He could have been killed, <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. But it's, yeah. It just shows, like, how fucking Because they didn't even wear helmets out. back then, right? No, yeah. They didn't even, oh, oh my yeah, goodness. exactly. They also yeah. didn't throw 100 miles per hour back then either, but, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> it's still a fastball to the head. It's still not the good thing. Yeah, if it hits you in the wrong spot, it can still put you out, put yeah. you down. So now, after the Cincinnati game, Jackie's sitting down, waiting to go into the shower after all the white players leave. Mm-hmm. And the one guy walks up to him. And it's like, hey, Jackie, why are you awake to take a shower? You're on the team. Come on, Jackie, come take a shower with me. <laughs> And it's funny, like, he keeps saying it, like, if it sounds wrong, he's like, uh-oh. A weird gesture, but <laughs> I guess it is always in the right place. And eventually Chadwick is just like, I get you, stop. <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, it's such a an easy joke to make, mm-hmm. but I think Chadwick's, like, cute little charm in the scene kind of makes it work. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just a running thing with this movie, is that the performances keep elevating the material yeah. Uh, beyond your typical, like, schmaltzy biopic. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the next game, which is only important, is because uh, Jackie is playing the field. A ground ball happens. The ball gets thrown to Jackie, and the guy cleats Jackie by stepping on his mm. ankle. Yeah. Um, which, as a guy who has felt cleats on the back of his ankle, it's not fun. It hurts yeah. my health. I feel like I, I read that back then they had full-on spikes. Did they oh, still yeah. do that, have spikes? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. Because I remember, actually, in the book, in the, jumping back to that, uh, the, the baseball card series, uh, there's a scene where Jackie gets cleated in the book and, like, his leg starts bleeding. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's not fun. But this leads to him getting stitched up by the trainer. And... Uh, we get the scene with Branch Rickey where Branch comes in and kind of, and he goes, why'd you do this? Like, mm-hmm. what was the purpose of all of this? And as you said, Branch kind of says, I played with a guy who could have, should have been a major league player, but the fact that, you know, he was African-American held him back and like broke him and I didn't do enough. Mm. And you helped me, fix stats in some way you help me love the game again 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we kind of already talked about it, but uh, yeah, that is a very, I wonder if that's true. I would be interested to know if that was actually true. Branch Ricky goes, I saw a white kid pretending to be you. Love that. That was actually really cool. I actually really liked that. I like that too. That was nice. I'm like, yeah, because he is now taking the world by storm. Yeah. And I remember pretending to be so many different fucking players when Mm -hmm. I played baseball when I was younger. So, yeah, if you fell in love with Jackie Robinson, why wouldn't you want to – he's exciting. He's, you know, why wouldn't you want to be him? So we get the final series where Mm -hmm. uh, Jackie is kind of the main point and they have to play Pittsburgh to win the pennant. Of course. Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Jackie, of course, is up to the plate. And uh, he's basically like telling the guy, give me a pitch to hit. Because the guy yep. pitched to him. Because that's yep. the guy who hit him in the head. Yeah, right? the guy who hit him in the head. And he's like, you want it? Fine. Here it comes. You don't belong here because that's the main line everyone says to Jackie. Mm-hmm. You belong here. And he throws a he throws a pitch and Jackie hits the home run, wins the game. Yep. And then you know the slow mo schmaltz ensues. Yeah. Slow motion running. We love yeah. it. Jackie Robinson rounds third on his way to home sweet home. Yeah. And, and that's uh, pretty much where the movie ends, right? It yeah, ends with him crossing home. Warm and fuzzies galore. Um, mm-hmm. But I do want to mention like. This is one of the points in the movie, the major points where it wasn't historically accurate, at least not completely. Mm. Um, so that scene where he hit the home run and clinched the pennant, that actually, that home run happened in the fourth inning, making uh, making the Dodgers have their first point yeah. of the game. It was 0-0 at that point, so that was like the first mm. big point of the game. And eventually the Dodgers did win that game four to two. So even though they did win the game and get the pennant and go to the world series, it wasn't solely based on that home run. Like it wasn't like the end shot that won the game. It was, yeah, it happened a little bit, but like, you know, you take some dramatic liberties. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, it actually, it works really well under it the does, circumstances. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's basically the end of the movie. We get the little wrap-up card saying people went to the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Other, uh, they got... Uh, Jackie got what, Rookie of the Year. Jackie won yeah. Rookie of the Year. Uh, Dixie. Got traded to Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, of kids. course. Fuck Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, Wendell. <laughs> Wendell. I mean, as first. a Cincinnati Bengals fan, I guess, yeah. the Pittsburgh hatred does kind of make sense. Exactly. <laughs> Wendell was the first African-American allowed into the Baseball Writers Association of America. Yeah, which I read is not actually true. No, I don't think it is. a different guy got in. Yeah, I think Wendell was like the second or third, technically. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, you know, that doesn't play as well as be the second person allowed. In- yeah. <laughs> yeah. But why would, you, why would you put something in wrong in the end? Like, that, yeah, that is end, actually one more I'm like. Guys, come on. We gotta get the cards right. <laughs> I mean, you said it said one of the first. That probably yeah. that, I'm sure that would have been accurate. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's a happy ending. You talk about forty two, everyone wearing forty two. Mm-hmm. You know, Jackie Robinson and his wife started the Jackie Robinson Foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, the man did a lot of good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's forty two. Yeah. So a, a surprisingly good movie, not yeah. like amazing, but surprisingly good. Yeah, I would I would completely agree with that, Scott. What do you have this rated out of five? Out of the five stars, I have this as a four. Okay, I mm. I do as well. I have I rated as a four on Letterboxd. I was expecting to give it maybe like a three, three and a half maybe, but mm. I, like we've been saying throughout, I think the performances really kind of overshadowed the overall schmaltz of the film and kind of elevated it to another level. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe it does have a little bit to do as well with Chadwick Boseman being gone now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that plays a role in in the overall my overall feelings on it. But I, I do think that even if Chadwick was still with us, I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Do I get to give a rating? Yes, you. yes of course. Okay. No. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, (laughs) that's it. Uh, Thanks everybody. Uh, I'm gonna give it a, I'm gonna give it a watch it with your parents out of five. (laughs) Because I feel like, I feel like most, certainly my parents would be really into this movie. And I feel like most people's parents would just be like, it was a good movie. You know, it was, it was about a good person. Some good things happened and I learned some interesting things. Cause that's really, it's, that's really what it is. It's like it, for what it, it's trying to do, I think it's a very, very good example of that better than the average one of that. And uh, I definitely uh, think the performances elevated it. For me, I would probably put it at like a three, three and a half out of five. Okay. Like it's like, I would say it's above average, but yeah. it's not, it's still not the kind of movie that I'm going to be like, I'm gonna watch 42 again. Like uh, out of Chadwick Boseman's filmography, uh, I think I would probably go to like Black Panther or or something like that. Or I've I've actually started watching. I haven't finished it yet, but I've been watching The Five Bloods. I'd probably go to that that again probably before this. Uh, but yeah, still a solid movie. I'm glad it was made. I will say that I'm glad it was made. Yeah. Uh, it, it's weird that, that it took this long for a Jackie Robinson movie to be made. That's true too. But I guess, you know, they tried in the past, I guess, but didn't work out. But yeah. they had to find the right person, I guess, to be Jackie and all that good stuff. Yeah. Which, by the way, we haven't talked about just how good Chadwick Boseman is in the baseball scenes. Yes, Oh, he my is. God. Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. Because I yeah. have a little info on that. So, um, originally, they were doing, like, he did, like, months of baseball training, Chadwick Boseman, and he was like looking at side-by-sides of him and Jackie doing the baseball stuff, but- Doing the baseball. Doing the baseball. (laughs) And when they would get on set to do the baseball stuff, they got a stunt double for him. And Chadwick would watch the stunt double and be like, that's wrong. That's not right. No, he doesn't, he doesn't move like that. He does this. And he apparently was annoying the fucking stunt coordinator so much. He's like, fine, you try it. And then they had him do it himself. Mm-hmm. And he did good. So they're like, all right, we don't need a stunt coordinator. He's just going to do it. And he said in an interview, he's like, it made the film go a lot easier. It made it go a lot faster because we didn't need the stunt mm-hmm. guy doing this and that. Do we need to cut 
camera-wise around. Yeah. So it just shows, like, I guess what a, what a dedicated fucking performer. Even before he was, like, big, no one knew who he was, but he still mm-hmm. cared enough about the craft and about being honest to Jackie to Jackie's memory, I guess. To yeah, to honor his legacy and everything. Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, this week in preparation for this. I also watched Get On Up. Oh, uh, I see it. Oh. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it, but his acting really good and his dancing. It was not James Brown level, but it was definitely James Brown's moves, and well, that's hard, hard to, be, to pull off. It's kind of hard to be James Brown when you're not yeah. James Brown. Yeah, well, yeah, it's impossible, I would say. But he's, for all, for all of that, he still pulls off those moves. Like, he looks good doing it. Uh, he does a really good job uh, in that movie as well. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, yeah, I heard that. I've heard good things about Marshall with him, you know. Mm, I, know I haven't seen out, that one. I know he's coming out with a samurai movie soon. Really? I know that. Really? Yeah, like, he was in the middle of filming, like, four or five different movies. Whoa. So, uh, it's it's been really nice having a guest. We haven't had a guest on the show in a while because, you know, COVID. Mm. But um, it was very nice that you were here. Would you like to take this opportunity to plug anything and everything that you're doing? Oh, sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I, as, as Scott said at the beginning of the show, I'm one of the hosts of the podcast Three Black Halflings. We're a D&D podcast. We talk about, uh, well, D&D, DMing tips, fun stories, uh, and uh, especially diversity in fantasy and gaming and sci-fi and all sorts of stuff. Um, We have, we actually are just about to, uh, well, I don't know when this episode is coming out, but uh, by the time this episode has come out, we may have actually just launched our uh, Patreon uh, because we're doing that soon. Um, If you are a big fan of D&D, I guess, uh, yeah, because this will come out after that episode. We just did an interview with Lou Wilson uh, from Dimension 20. um, And we actually have some more, uh, at least one more interview with a Dimension 20 cast member uh, that is being recorded later today uh, that I'm doing this. So, yeah. Uh, We have, follow us on Twitter at TBHalflings. Uh, our podcast is pretty much available wherever podcasts are downloadable. Uh, and that's about, that's about it for me. Uh, we also have an Instagram and a Twitter, or excuse me, an Instagram and a Facebook. So I think both of those are also at TB Halflings, but yeah. Uh, yep, yeah, uh, they do great work. They're honestly, all three of you guys are amazing and funny and so talented that I love the show and uh, I love you. So it's all good. Uh, oh, thank you. I love you guys too. I've really, I've really enjoyed listening to your guys' podcast. Um, yeah, you guys, uh, I think you should include Leia more. But <laughs> yeah, we're working her. on it. We're yeah. trying to get her to communicate through barks. Thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a blast. We, yeah, it's been awesome. We would love to have you again. Yes, we definitely will. Uh, hopefully yeah, not I with, definitely want to come back. This is so much fun. Hopefully not with as much uh, technical know-how. We'll figure that out next time. <laughs> yeah. But um, next week, we will be uh, having an interesting time because it is, once again, Star Wars time. Yay! So we'll be watching yet another Star Wars movie. And um, 
We'll Which one is it this time? Are you, are you, or is that a surprise? No, no, no. Uh, it's going to be Rogue One, which we haven't okay. seen, I don't think, since it came out in theaters. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But, but until then, this has been Shoot the Flick, an official Paradoja podcast. I'm Frankie Sparks. I'm Scott Eisenberg. And I'm Jeremy Cobb. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Shoot the Flick. And check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. And make sure you come back next week for our galactic, bizarro movie adventure. Ooh.